1: I think we're good now. I think Facebook's going, and it is Monday morning, 12-12-2022, 7.38 a.m. Mountain Time. We went a little bit long on Scott's channel with the Falcons. That's okay. It's exciting over there, uh, and it's exciting in to here today a little bit. Uh, we talked about it. Maybe a moral victory for the Broncos coming off of a 34-28 loss uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get the bad stuff out of the way first. Um, the Broncos lost their 14th game in a row against Kansas City, uh, which is insane, but uh, it's where we are. Also, their eighth straight loss against the AFC West. All that said, the Broncos played probably one of their most entertaining games of the season. Uh, stuff to build on and some winnable games here down the stretch for the Broncos, assuming Russell Wilson is healthy. Scott, good morning to you. How are you doing? How, how how did you enjoy your uh, Falcons bye week?
2: I'm doing well. I enjoyed uh, about 35 minutes of the Broncos game. Um, it yeah. was a, It was an entertaining game for a while there. I was like, oh, God, this is... This is about I text you because I was listening to live. I was listening to the radio call. And when it went to 27-0, I'm like, you should hear the the Dave on the radio announcers is like he made that pick six sound just awful. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, kind of like uh Coach Klein watching film, and he drops the ball and he's got time to pick it up and dust it off and run in for the touchdown while our guys are just walking around. <laughs> you know, just uh it was. It was a hell of a play for sure. Um, one of my initial thoughts, Nick, was listening to it, and Josie Jewell gets that interception. He's like, and he runs down, and they celebrate in the first one though, runs down and celebrates. Uh, you know this, um, you know, and, and part of me is thinking, dude, it's, it's twenty-seven to nothing, chill. And then you know, as I learn more about it, and in hindsight, I look back to it, and I'm like, you know what? One, it was your first career interception. I didn't know that. So, yes, yeah, celebrate it. Two, you guys have gotten uh, the short end of the stick all season while the offense is flubbered around. Celebrate it. And three, it sparked the team, Nick. Yes, that that changed the game. You know, yeah. you can you see all the time someone jumps out to a big lead and then they get complacent. You know, it's up to the opposition, in this case the Denver Broncos, to see how they react. And they fought and they came back and turned it into an entertaining ball game.
1: Yeah. And hats off to the entire team. Um, you find a lot about the character of a team like this. And it'd be so, I mean, God, you're three and 10. Every The team is injured as heck. The People are talking, and people like us, you know, talking a lot of um, smack. And, uh, you know, talking about this team's no good. You know, lacking talent, The quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Nathaniel Hackett's on his way out the door. But that team never quit. Uh, down 27-0 would have been so easy to pack it in, go through the motions. I mean, it's no fun to get your butt kicked, and we were halfway through the second quarter, and it was ugly as possible. I I thought we were going to a 50-3 to kind of game out there. And you mentioned that the interception happened, and this team clawed their way back in, and it's still a loss, no doubt. And, you know, you have some Mm -hmm. more injuries out there. Mike Boone, feel terrible for him. I think Kendall Hinton got dinged up as well. It's, I mean, unbelievable. Hamstring. Hamstring. Yeah, it's just crazy, Uh, this team's uh, injuries this season uh, lucky to see Draymond Jones get back out there and have a good game. But this team fought and I think still, you probably <laughs> you're still very much on the Nathaniel Hackett's got to go uh, train at the end of the season. But you can say that these guys are still fighting for him because if they hated that coach and they didn't believe in each other, I care for each other, lie down and die. They did. Yeah, he, lie down they,
2: and die. They're fighting for their own resumes and he's fighting for his, you know, yep. they're, they're, they're saying, well, You heard uh, Teddy Bridgewater say last year after, you know, failing to get engaged on a tackle, you don't want to have film like that out there. That's kind of where some of these guys are, where Nathaniel Hackett's like, listen, you know, I, when, like I said, he's, he's out there setting up his next interviews right now, as far as, look, my team fought for me. These were the things that were going against me. Um, And this was a good day for them. And again, I, I'm not saying it was a moral victory. I'm saying. I would be proud of how this team fought, and for once, in a while, it, it was entertaining. It was fun. You know, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, we were talking about, I promise you, this team will be at least, I don't know how many games you're going to win or lose, but it should be fun. It should be more fun to watch. This was fun. This was a, this was a good football game over the course of four quarters. Yeah, well,
1: maybe over the course of two and a half quarters, but I, but, I
2: <laughs> It was yeah. there was some really bad in there. And there were and yeah. again, there we're talking yesterday and I, I'm I'm really you know, the when people start knocking on the defense, it's starting to really bother me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's like, oh, if the defense could have gotten them off the field, uh maybe they would have had a chance with, you know, Brett Rippin'. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I remember this game at twenty-seven to twenty-one, the next uh the next Kansas city chiefs possession was a three and out that ended in a sack that's handing your offense the ball with a ton of momentum and a chance to take a lead. Nothing three and out. They did it again. 27, 21, three and out. Okay. They close it to 34, 28, three and out the next possession interception. That's four times. The Mm -hmm. defense gave the offense, the ball with momentum in a one score game, and we're gonna talk about the fifth time where you know, no, miss me with that, man. They they gave the 100%. ball to him with momentum and a one-score disadvantage four times on three and outs, or in the case of Josie Jules second interception, a two and out with mid ball at the midfield the ball at midfield. That's four times. I'm not and talking think- about that they couldn't get the stop when the Chiefs had the ball on the final possession. No, miss me on that.
1: Yeah. No, no doubt about that. I mean, there's obviously things that we can criticize on the defense, but on the whole, certainly not. And also, I think the Broncos definitely had 14 points off turnovers, but it might have been 21 points off turnovers. And that's something we've been harping. At least I've been harping on here for all season. Broncos aren't really taking the ball over at a high rate. And points off turnovers is like one of the biggest indicators of who wins and loses football games that there is. I think
2: it was 14 because that third interception that I talked about that Jewel got was they didn't score on that one that was when that was when it was 34 28 but the two at the end of the first half were definite uh points because that cut it from oh my god we are getting
1: humiliated to hey this could be a ball game game yep got a game let's say hello to some folks in here um the chat coming in jake gerard coming in saying morning guys hackett said jerry played a new role can you explain that and why did it take so long for realize how good this guy is uh They moved him to more of the X alignment, um, more isolated, dealing, uh, getting off press, and he played great. I mean, the Broncos didn't really have much else to go to, but yeah, welcome to the, uh, hopefully this springboard's Jerry Judy. We got pretty lucky uh, with Jerry Judy in this game too because he lost his temper on the field because he was being held uh, by a defensive back, and then he made physical contact with a referee. That could have been an ejection, and we have a totally different story and narrative today surrounding Jerry Judy. Luckily, that didn't happen, and he goes on to have his best game of his career, uh, three touchdowns in a game, and curious to see what they can do going forward with him. I'm hoping this springboards him because you need some dynamism and explosiveness in the pass game, and Judy, easily the best game of his career.
2: Well, and I think they said six touchdowns now, and nobody else on the team has more than one. Yeah. One. One. You've got. I mean, that that sounds right. We haven't seen many yeah. touchdowns, and we saw three of them to one player in that game. But uh, you know, and if you're moving them to X again, that's because Sutton was out. You yeah. know, if Sutton's Sutton's been in that spot all game. Maybe you switch those guys. We talk about moving a guy into a slot, trying to get him started a little bit. Maybe you do that anyway. We need to get Cortland Sutton going. Let's, let's drop him down in the slot and, and do and, and see if we can free him up a little bit more. The problem is, Nick, as you know, Russell Wilson doesn't attack the the middle of the field as much. Mm -hmm. So where I had said where we'd see more of Jerry Judy, where I thought he could be a number one guy for the Broncos is on busted plays, on extended plays, where he's using his quickness then to come back, get open, run after the catch on, on the, on, uh,
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: You know, on a
1: busted play, but we we haven't seen a ton of that this year either. Yeah, yeah, not so great there. Um, but it's okay. Uh, we <laughs> we will take what we can get. He had a great game, and uh, he's definitely the MVP of this game in my book, followed closely by Josie Jewel. Um, D- Ethan coming in the DWI guys, and good afternoon, Jensen Broncos Country. Good to see you, Ethan. We got Jeremy saying Maureen fellas. No moral victories, but definitely a moral victory. See, he got the spelling right, so I think I did put the E in there. So that's great. Good for me. Um, proud of the way this team fought. 100. They. Kicking and screaming, um, not to harken back to an old uh, head coach, but that was definitely kicking and screaming. Dave Glassman coming in with the hearts. We got Bama X saying, well, good morning, Broncos country. Bama, I bet you are excited about how Jerry Judy played. I know that everybody should be, um, and we need to see more of that. Maybe they need to take off Jerry Judy before the game. They need somebody to know controlled aggression before they leave the locker room. <laughs> um, yeah, something like that.
3: <laughs> Just Use get them it on the field.
1: Yeah,
2: I think yeah. I already made one Waterboy reference. Use it on the I, field.
1: I tweeted it um, that, uh, you know, somebody out there, Nathaniel Hackett, because he's a little bit of a goofball. You know, the Monty Monty Python, you know, it's like, your father was a hamster and your mother smelled of elderberries. You know, like that can not <laughs> go get pissed I off. in your general direction. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Coconuts. Now, um, D- Darius Simmons coming in. Saying, I know this said, everyone says there's no moral victories, but I really think that this was, we needed to see that our team is capable of this. I'm happy with the game, even though we lost. I think, you know, who needed this just as much as the team? The fans. God bless it. This team would have gotten blown out. Like after that pick six, I mean, I was equally toxic and negative on Twitter after that happened 27 to zero. And, uh, if the Broncos would have gotten their butts absolutely whipped in this one and showed no life today would be miserable. This, I would be sad coming on the show. Um, and things would be the, the discourse would be horrible, uh, this week, but because of how this played, I think that Broncos country themselves at least got a little glimmer in their eye, even in a loss. So, um, uh, God bless that team for fighting back because we need, we needed it too. Tom
2: coming in saying the the PSU interception was dope and it was also a good reason why instant replay was put in. You know, it yeah. was because uh, to the naked eye, that 100% looked like an incomplete pass. You know, in real time until you you can't see that he slides his arm underneath the ball and it bounces off his forearm and up. You can't see that in real time. It just it doesn't look like that. That's yeah. why instant replay was put in. Um, real quick on this, then I'll leave it alone is I can't stand the college version where they replay every close play and stop time to do it. I want a 20 second clock and I should be able to see that by the time they run the next play. And if I can't tell that it was wrong in 20 seconds, play ball, these, these six minute delays. And when the announcers start saying stuff like, Oh, I'd really hate to make this call. You're putting me on the spike. The calls are been made. You don't have to make a call. You morons. The call has already been made on the field. If you can't change it, then don't. You don't have to make a call. It's already been called. Anyway, this was why they do instant replay, was to overturn the egregious error. No one's going to complain that that was called incomplete, and then no one sees it and says, oh, that was interception. Play ball. So very good use of instant replay and a hell of a play by Pat Sertan to get his first interception of the season.
1: Yeah, 100%. Great to see that happen. Good play and uh, good vibes on that side of the ball. The takeaways, obviously, the defense didn't play the most spectacular game, but it is Kansas City and Chiefs and Andy Reid. Uh, The really disappointing to see that uh, flick crazy play that Patrick Mahomes made where Justin Simmons left his assignment. What are you even doing that one? I guess you got to hang on to your assignment better. Uh, to not give up the explosives but you know do your job as bill belichick would say but they talk about baseball with him all the time and okay that was a feed, but you don't
2: reverse feed like this over your shoulder in baseball that he plays like a point guard it's harlem globetrotter shit yeah i mean he (laughs) plays he he, i mean i can see some shortstop in there where the feed you know different types of acrobatic feeds to the second base and the turn on a double play on top but i i see basketball player in him he plays Like a point guard, you know, the no-look over-the-shoulder type of stuff where he's delivering the ball any way you can, like a like a point guard would making a pass. That's what I see out of him. And there's just stuff in there you just flat out can't scout. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, we talk about mechanics and footwork and arm strength and all this. How many of those plays you got beat yesterday because Pat you had they had Patrick Mahomes and you didn't? I mean, he had three touchdown plays that. Very, very few quarterbacks are gonna make. Yeah, and that last one. Hats off to them. And it wouldn't hurt so bad if you weren't three and nine. You're like, hey, listen, we ran into a Patrick Mahomes buzzsaw. And hats off. Tip your hat. The guy made plays. But it it piles on when you're when you're having a season like this.
1: Yeah, it certainly does, but uh feel pretty good how they fought back still. And three interceptions from Patrick Mahomes. I mean he almost like had a God complex there at the end. Um, but uh, just kind of playing a little bit more loose and almost letting the Broncos back in it. But uh, maybe we'll get him an arrowhead. Yeah, you never know. RJ coming in ninety nine saying, morning guys, can't wait to see what this team looks like if we get a run game on offense and start uh, to stop the run on defense. Less injuries also. I feel like I didn't really notice the run defense in this one being horrific. Now Isaiah Pacheco had some big plays coming out of Rutgers their seventh round pick. I mocked him to the Broncos in my last mock draft that I did. Uh, but uh, I thought that the run defense was more of an impact or a, the struggles of the run defense was more of a result of light boxes. You know, you were, they were spreading you out and what do you do when you play spread? You empty out the box. <laughs> it just, it happens. So uh, they didn't give up the big explosive run. I thought they were fine there. I mean, I guess you could use another defensive lineman there. The edge uh, run defense has been horrible post uh, Bradley Chubb trade, but um yeah, definitely want to have more run game on this offense. Need to have better offensive line. Just real quick, the offensive line in this game, Russell Wilson had, what, six sacks, hit 12 times, 11, 12 times. Not great. Some of that is on him. Uh, a couple of those sacks were on him. One of them was a snap count was different. The offensive line just kind of stood there and everybody blew past. Uh, but my God, I go to the game, I guess, in my opinion, for the Broncos. Luke Wattenberg. Oh my God. I know he's a rookie. I know he's a fifth round rookie that was some of the worst offensive line play I've seen this season. And the fact that he was out there before they put in Quinn Bailey, who usually like what your eighth string tackle and Natani Moody, who was definitely better. I mean, what the hell Luke Wattenberg was horrible. Just unbelievably bad. Yeah. He
2: looked okay in the preseason, not going against Chris Jones and he was at right guard uh, in the preseason (laughs) when he played not at left guard. So again, part of that's like, I don't blame a guy for being bad. As long as he's trying hard and has a good attitude it's not his fault that he wasn't ready to go take on chris jones in yeah. the in, in the first part of that um the yeah, 79 yards i think total is 3.9 on average but just to polish off rj's and rj appreciate you coming in kicking us off with the supers this morning all, all we need is a run defense a run offense and no injuries that's it man <laughs> that's that's a big part of it rj um you know, yeah, and, and that—that's it'll start by getting better in the line of scrimmage. Your your offensive line is—it's like th- these guys weren't all that great when they were healthy, and now now it's
1: atrocious. Yeah, I will say that the I thought the right side of the offensive line played pretty well. Uh, Quinn Miners Quinn Miners is all over the place. He was great. Quinn Miners had a great game. Cam Fleming had a good game as well. Um, But your left tackle, left guard, and center had some struggles out there. But I thought the right Quinn Miners, huge block in that uh, Marlon Mack screen touchdown pass, and Cam Fleming had a solid game overall uh, also. Um, James Hyatt coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, James. Got Blave Bliss in the house saying, good morning, everyone. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Definitely off to a good start. Uh, Eddie Vasquez, morning, Scott and Nick. Pretty fun game to watch when we started to come back. Haven't felt that excitement since the Niners game. Yeah, Scott, you said you're listening on the radio and whatnot, but... I will say that the the stadium sounded as loud as I can remember. I've I've watched it since then, too. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to I listened live on the radio and then watched it, watched it immediately after. But the uh, the energy in the stadium was as palpable as we felt it all season. And that was with a good number of uh, Chiefs fans in the stadium as well. So Broncos country, man, they're rough on you. No doubt. If you're playing bad football and it's not a good team, they uh, will be booing you and angry. But man, once they want to love you, you just got to give them some reason to love. Dom, also good morning. Good to see you. If Russ wouldn't have gotten hurt, maybe just maybe we won. But building block after watching yesterday's game, do you think the Broncos would have won if uh, Russell Wilson didn't get knocked out?
2: Without a better chance, that's, um, that's for damn sure. I mean, it's 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 hard to say if they would have could have. He's been an opportunity before, and the problem is you needed a touchdown and not a field goal. Um, yeah. You know that makes a big difference. You know Matt Ryan has a zillion come from behind victories or ties in overtime. He's probably got forty in his career. I don't remember a single one of them being with a touchdown. Uh, yeah. They're always getting down and kicking. So it would have been tough because you have, you've had trouble getting touchdowns and they started, they started doubling Jerry Judy, you know, yeah. all right, this guy ain't going to beat us anymore. Um, but again, there there were four opportunities that the defense gave the offense, the ball with momentum and down a score. And the, the, the offense went three and out or worse. Um, so it's a, uh, you don't know this there there's no reason let me put it this way at three and nine through what i've seen this year there's no reason to think that they would have somehow had the testicular fortitude to go out there and win that game against the chiefs
1: yeah
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand, and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: But it was fun. Well, <laughs> no no doubt. found out, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're going to get another chance at him, so who knows? Probably not an arrowhead, but uh, that's why you play the game, right? Kathy Lund. Good morning, fam. It was great to see the team tried to rally back Uh, for most of the game. It felt like the same shirt, different dirt. Have a good day. Yeah, it was fun to see them fight back. And uh, hopefully they have a little bit of confidence going forward. Uh, Leroy Williams saying we almost pulled it off, but came up short. I bet with better coaching and a defensive offensive line, we win the game. It's kind of like what Scott was saying earlier. If we had this, this and this Um, can't wait till next season. We will get the Chiefs eventually. No doubt about it. We're we're always one game closer to breaking (laughs) that streak. It won't be forever. Um, Patrick Wiltsey coming in here saying morning, sir. It's good to see you, Patrick. Hope things are all well out there in Hawaii. We got Miguel coming in here saying good morning, fellas. Too bad it was a loss, but what a fun game. 100% It was a really fun little game. Little
2: victories. Little victories. Hey, we've – at least I enjoyed my afternoon watching and, and came away with a buzz, yeah. you know, uh, watching that game. I'm like, okay, that's better. Like I said, if the, if the rest of the season, you know, if you lose that game to drop to 9-4 and – somewhere you're you're like okay but that one it hurt a little bit more because you've lost every game close and because yep. i mean patrick mahomes had a game yeah he had three interceptions only the third time in his career has had three interceptions but he made plays that guys just don't make that it, yep. it was off script it's like how do you how do you defend against some of those plays? You know, you got four guys on him, draped all over him. and he, he, he extends a play and finds a guy in the end zone. You can only cover for so long. Those guys are paid to make plays too. Best quarterback in the game
1: made a few plays. It was it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, Wombat coming in here saying, how can the play calling at the start and most of the first half be so bad and then completely change in the last part of the second quarter and all of the third, what changed? Well, early on, there was a couple of plays where Russell Wilson missed some wide open receivers. Uh, which was frustrating and things just started to click, especially getting there to Jerry Judy. I think the other thing that changed is that the Broncos got some momentum off of turnovers. Uh, have Mm -hmm. not had much of that this season. So I think it's not so much the play calling changed so much, not the role of Jerry Judy changed. Yes. Uh, But I think the execution was better and the field position was better. It's much different when you have to go 50 yards for a touchdown than it is 95 yards, which it seems like has been, Consistent for this Broncos team this season because uh, the special teams seems like we get the best punting game of the year against us every single week this year. I know that's you know anecdotal and way too close up, but uh, definitely I don't think that much changed other than people started executing and making plays. Yeah, momentum is a fickle beast, and they're going to relax a
2: little bit when they're up twenty-seven to nothing, and then a quick turnover, a quick change. You see a quick change lead to a score all the time. Yep. Because the mental part, while you cannot measure it, is such a huge part of this game. And when the defense hasn't mentally prepared themselves to go out back on the field and there's a sudden change like that, teams score all the time. So even if, if you get the ball at midfield and you hold them to a field goal, you consider that a win for your defense on a quick changeover like that. So yep. quick turnover um, and a couple good individual plays. Uh, and all of a sudden you're back in this game and – Doubt starts creeping into the minds of the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. A little belief comes in. It's,
1: uh, like I said, it's, it's crazy how mental the game can actually be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Michaela Israel coming in saying, I have some serious hope, especially about Russ. And yeah, this was not the best game from Russell Wilson ever, but he did look like he was playing... Some of his better football and that play where he ran. I mean, we saw a little bit more athleticism from him in this game. Maybe that hamstring injury is a little bit further behind him. He has been dealing with that uh, for a bit, and uh, from I think he suffered at week five. <laughs> but this looked about as mobile as I've seen him this season. And he put his body on that line for that conversion where he got it. And I don't know. You saw the replay. Did you see the bump on his head? I've never seen that. I, they, in-
2: they cut out of it before then, but I, you know, you see him go in like this, go in and, and you know, going in temple first into the ground. And you see his helmet, you know, is is loose on his head, and you know his, his helmet's probably driving down into that spot too and hitting him in yeah. a place he's not. It was, it was tough. That was a tie. Yeah. I can see why he was a, a a little bit on there. And I appreciate Doctor uh, Van Nostrand coming in and, and bringing the yogiism in there for me, especially in baseball. He says ninety percent of the game is half me- half mental. You know, great yogi Berra quote among yeah. many. My one of my favorites is probably nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded
1: that is probably my favorite that's a great one ah man Uh, i'll have to use that one uh but talking about the quarterback here this you know some hope in russell wilson in this one i thought that he fought really hard and maybe got a little bit of uh some points in the locker room does sound like there's been some and people are losing and the team's bad and embarrassing Mm -hmm. and then people get ticked off when that happens uh so that's understandable but i'm hoping that with this game maybe they have something to build on there you know you did see him go out there and give it his all and get his ass whipped. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here, Um, but the Broncos do have to invest in the quarterback position this off season. Why mm-hmm. Brett Rippin, a poor quarterback need to move on from next season to get better. We've already seen it now. Russell Wilson's had a multitude of injuries this season. He's older, his play style when he's playing, like he probably should um means he's going to take some more hits. Broncos need to invest in a better backup quarterback next season. No how many
2: out of 32 uh 32 teams how many teams are playing more than one quarterback 25 a lot you yeah. know at least it seems like uh at the end of the, at the end of the year that they yeah the whole Brett Rippon thing was a little strange to me you mm-hmm. know that you, you signed him to the 53 after he was on the practice squad and you really don't have any intention to play him mm-hmm. um that was that was strange and uh it may have been Bama X came in and said, you know, I was surprising me or, or Colin. I was just surprising me that throw for the touch. It was a good throw. You know, it's, hmm. it's, it's a, it's a throw you should make, you know, a division one college quarterback can make that throw, uh, which he was you expect him to make, but he did, he made it in face of pressure and it was a good throw over the
1: middle, uh, through traffic and good touchdown throw to keep the Broncos in the game. Yep. hundred percent Richard miles. Morning guys. How are we doing on this fine day? Doing pretty well. Tim Durr in the house. Good morning. What's up Broncos country. Not too much, Tim. Good to see you. We appreciate you coming in. Um, we also got desert creature saying, was Baker so mad that we had to pass on him? Was Baker Mayfield so bad that we had to pass on him? Weren't the Rams higher than the Broncos in the waiver order? Yeah, you
2: you make it sound like he doesn't have a choice where he gets to go. <laughs> um, where where he would. And the, the Rams, I don't know if they were ahead, but it was close. I think they were. Um, and you know, you don't want to necessarily put in a waiver claim on him because then you got to grab his his contract also, where you let him pass through waivers and then you sign him as a free agent, which I thought that's what the Rams did, but I don't know for sure. But you know, some of these guys I see, you know, uh I think Lawrence is always big on signing some of these guys. How come they're not signing, you know, OBJ? Because OBJ didn't want to come to a three and nine team, he wants to wait and play in the playoffs. You know, um, is Baker Mayfield an upgrade over Brett Rippon? Yeah, of course course he is. Um, But is he going to want to come here? Is that what you need right now for, you know, if you're, is that what you need right now on your team? And and, and Tim says they did, they did claim Baker. So um, either way, I, I don't blame him for not claiming Baker Mayfield. You've got your, you've got your starter. They didn't. I don't know. I just think that
1: you've got to do better on in the backup in the next two seasons. hundred percent. They'll invest in somebody this off season. Facebook user coming in. Don't know who this is, but in, in, they appreciate the comment saying uh, any thoughts on hacking, keeping his job. It's been a horrible season, but getting another new coach means starting yet again from scratch. You don't start, I think com- completely from scratch, uh, especially because a lot of the same players will hopefully be here and the quarterback will be the same. Uh, but I guess Scott did this move the needle for you at all as far as Hackett's chance to return next season?
2: No, like I said, there aren't, there aren't any moral victories as far as this goes. It's still, it's still an L um, at the end of the day. And it's still a close, another close game, another close loss, a couple breakdowns here and there. They played better. They played well. Um, But you know, I think the decision's already been made. Um, You know, Two weeks ago, I said, Oh, even if he wins out, he doesn't know. like if he wins out and they finish nine and eight, you're you you're keeping him. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, what are you three and 10 now with four to play? Yep. You know, so at best, seven and 10, I think nine and eight was my over under at the beginning of the season. So no, this Nathaniel Hackett, God bless him through not all everything that's been under his control. Obviously, I think new ownership group, I, tank job of a season with high expectations. I think he's, I think he's one and done. I I think he's starting from scratch might be better than starting 10 feet under.
1: That's that's true. If the Broncos finish three and four uh, down the stretch here, if you know, if and butts were candy and nuts, whatever. But uh, if the Broncos finish three and four down the stretch here with some winnable games, uh, I think, especially the NFC West games coming up here, maybe we have this conversation. What uh, finishing 6-11 six, six and 11 on the season would be bad, but that would be fight down the stretch and also a team that was unbelievably injured this season. Maybe we have a conversation, and the one reason I say that is not because the Broncos, you know, the record or whatever, but the fact that they were still fighting for Hackett and down the stretch here, I think it's a conversation. Also, the other thing about keeping Hackett is that it makes it easier that if you have failure in 2023, it's easier to move on from all three, of the head coach, the general manager, and the quarterback, uh, where it, if you don't have every, that alignment, um, then it's pretty hard. You're kind of always like one person that's from the past regime, move hiring somebody new, and then you fire the old one, and it's just like this weird cycle. So there is, a, some, there is some merit, I think, in aligning all three uh, for a get to the playoffs or be better or be fired kind of season next year. But I think it's very unlikely the Broncos finish three and four, and therefore very unlikely that uh, Hackett is kept around.
2: And Antonio Jones says you can't keep starting over and you don't want to keep starting over, but you know what's worse than, than starting over is, is staying in a bad relationship. Yeah. That, that's what's worse. You ever been in a relationship like that, whether it's professional or personal, when you just you hesitate, you hesitate, you hesitate, and you finally just make your separation? And one of your first responses is, God, why did I wait so long? This feels wonderful. So, you know, you don't want to keep starting over, obviously, but if you've got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy. That's just going to prolong the inevitable. It means I'm going to be starting over in two years now, anyway. So I agree with you. But if
1: you got the wrong guy, you you got to do something about it. Yeah, definitely tough. Um, We got Darius Simmons coming in here saying I'm torn between if we should draft a receiver or not. If all our guys stay healthy next year, especially with Dulcich, pass game should be really explosive. You do have to fix the offensive line, uh, regardless. Right now, now granted, you are without a lot of players, but in what we saw from Lloyd Cushenberry this season, wasn't cutting it at center. You have no idea what's going to happen at left guard, uh, right tackle. Are are you bringing back camp? Let You don't have anybody there right now. The only person that I'm confident is back next year is Quinn Miners. Mm-hmm. So offensive line right now has got to be the, as Dom says in the very next comment, uh, offensive line is the first thing you got to fix this off season. No doubt about that. You cannot pin your hopes of turning around the offensive line on your single first round pick. Uh, you need to attack it before the draft. You need to attack it after the first round. Uh, you can't be in a situation where it's like, hey, I will take the offensive lineman there with our pick no matter what. Well, if the value is not there, then don't pass a better player at edge who has a chance to be a pro bowler versus a Dalton Reisner level guard. I mean, that's how you s- turn into a bad team into a worse team. Uh, so you got to pick the talent that's fr- from the talent that's available. Uh, but definitely a pass catcher is way up there and, if the Broncos are picking in that 20 to 28 range because Brock Purdy is somehow winning games of the 49ers, uh, then maybe that's that's how it plays out. And if you've got four guys coming
2: back next year, then then you're not going after a wide receiver. If you go after a wide receiver, it means that Judy and or Hamler are gone. Um, and me. you're you're replacing those guys. I think Hamler's gone. For, then it's going to be close. Then you're going to need a body. How, how I, I don't. I can get an undrafted free agent to replace what I've gotten from KJ Hamler. I mean, yeah. he, you haven't. It, it, we talk about how do you replace him? He hasn't done anything. I think we had that conversation at the beginning of the season, Nick. You know, who's the most important guy out here? I'm like, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. You know, so he won't be hard to replace because he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. Um, the idea, the opportunity cost, or whatnot, then you know maybe I want to invest in there, but. Um, you're you're gonna need you're gonna have some new ride receivers as uh as you said on that one
1: yep 100 we got Malcolm Brown coming in hello from Homer Alaska hope you're doing well Malcolm we also got Glenda Lee saying left at halftime man Glenda you missed a fun second half there but I don't I don't fault you one bit I maybe would have left halfway through the second quarter after that pick six uh so I kept it on tv it's a lot easier to keep it on tv versus deal with the traffic after the game um she also says then uh, regrets missing all the action May be, maybe maybe I'll keep you around next time. Um, but again, I don't fault you one, but you're a paying customer. And if you said that enough's enough, then God bless you. John Leach, good morning from Philly. Here it's always sunny there. John, hope you're doing well. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> I think the sun's finally out. The animals were lining up in twos in my driveway this week. Uh, I have not seen the sun in a long time out here. We're in the the consistent darkness that is the Pacific Northwest in the winter. We got Jahari coming in, saying tired of tired of it. Fire the coach, see what you can get when he is not in control definitely seems more probable than not right now but you got four more games and we'll see how they play uh down the stretch here and uh it, go ahead you no
2: know, I, I feel like I, i've I've used this reference before you know that there is a certain calmness and utter doom mm-hmm. you know where i learned that when i was i was taking a was scheduled to take a final that i was completely unprepared for i'm like i'm perfectly calm i got no chance on this test none i feel like I've seen more calm from Nathaniel Blackett. You know, he's not quite as jittery. He's he's a little edgier, but he's a little, you know, he's a matter of fact. There's no stress in his voice at all. He's a goner, man. <laughs> he knows he is. He's like, but it's like, what I can do? I have no control over the situation now. I'm gonna go out and do the best job I can. We're gonna go out and try and win football games. We got to score more points, and then I'll be looking for a job
1: at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, we got Mike Woodward coming in saying good morning. Good to see us. Ernie Mays is in the house too. Shout out to Ernie Mays. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, the most ride or die guys I've ever met for the Broncos. Love it. Um, Dan Hall. The Morning shows are really talking up. Leslie Frazier yesterday for head coach candidate. Any thoughts? Uh, Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. I think he had a run with the Vikings as a head coach as well. Um, I'd be interested in Leslie Frazier. Uh, no doubt. Um, I know that a lot of people really want a coach who has experience or a coach that's offensive minded. I don't give a flying, you know what, uh, what their background is, or, I mean, obviously it matters a little bit to be, you want a qualified person, but I don't care if they're a first time head coach, second time head coach, offensive mind, defensive mind, special teams coordinator, just get the best guy in here. And something that resonated with me, I cannot remember who it was. I think it was Bill Cower uh, talking about how some of the best coaches right now, you see their teams kind of reflecting who they are and he used Mike Vrabel and the Titans as well. He said, that's not the most talented team in the world. You know, they have injuries, they have def- talent deficiencies. I don't know if there's a team out there that plays as tough week to week as the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you have Andy Reid, you know, they're very smart getting guys in space, but like your team typically takes on the identity of the head coach. So I'm here for a tough, you know, stares lasers at you, um, uh, Really intelligent defensive mind as much as an offensive mind. Just get the best guy in here. D'Amico Ryans, Jared Mayo at the Patriots. Patriots had the best defense in football this season. Nobody's talking about them, uh, as far as I at least as far as I can tell. Um, there's a lot of different quality options. But Leslie Frazier also up there. And he is uh lost three in a row. No, I'm I'm kidding. On on
2: variable, the Tennessee Titans are seven and six. Yeah. But again, they're they're overachieving. Leslie Frazier again, he's 63. Um which is okay that if, if I could get a if you could say I'm going to get 10 great years, <laughs> yeah I'd take it for sure. Um give me 5. I'd take 5 winning seasons. You you got the job and then and then pick your successor. Um Tony Dungy has been talking up um Leslie Frazier with the, with the Colts as well. So watch out. Remember you're not the only one that's going to be out there looking for some guys. And there will be plenty of head coaching candidates out there, qualified head of coaching candidates. And the Broncos won't have any trouble getting somebody to take the job. It's a prestigious job, lots of money. Those are pretty good combinations. This whole nobody will take this job BS. Come on, man. It's that's just that's just that's
1: just lazy. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Dan Hall. We appreciate you. We got Luke coming in and saying, "Is that a Chelsea shirt? I think I just puked in my mouth." Tottenham till I die I said it right that time Scott Tottenham right is that that the right
2: way yeah yeah and 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 watching the Spurs will kill you a little bit every day so and uh and Jeremy Sean says I totally disagree Hackett's demeanor has changed a ton. that's what I'm saying he's he's not nearly as jittery it's more he certainly seems more calm and a little edgier where he that was that was my point that it's like utter doom now like he is he's reached a, a zen level of accepting your fate because i can't control it so maybe you were responding to somebody else but that was that was my point
1: yeah we got char baldwin coming in saying good morning broncos country good to see you char 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 hell yeah char not char or char but i would guess char like
2: charmaine charlemagne Charlie. maybe charlie could be short for charlie well either way we appreciate the heck
1: idea thanks for coming in. that's a cool name for a woman by the way too charlie charlie yeah yep uh, Jetty Splash coming in saying Broncos looked like they were in adrenaline fueled rage just to play like most other teams running a disciplined offense. Defense was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, anybody else that we want to talk about and hype up here? Um, obviously, Josie Jewell had a heck of a game out there. And Josie Jewell is not the most athletically gifted player. He's not the biggest player. He's not the longest player. But man, that dude competes Um, and he's, he's a solid linebacker. I know that we had a lot of discourse this offseason about Josie Jewell, but if you're still saying that he's a borderline starter, then I don't even, we're not watching or analyzing the same game. Uh, he's been a B level player out there for the Broncos pretty consistently. Biggest issue is his durability. That's been my biggest gripe with him is that he's missed a lot of games uh, being injured. i playing... who,
2: who were you saying? I was, I was reading some of the chat. Who oh, Josie saying? Jewell.
1: Oh, Josie Jewell. You know, Josie Jewell's a player.
2: He, he can play for sure.
1: Yeah. Like if you gave me 11 Josie Jewells on the defense, you're probably going to have a damn good team. Um, not to harken back to the, uh, Andy Janovich 22 Janos and we'd be fine. Um, but he's been, he had a really good game as far as not great games, uh, from the Broncos. And I think it was Jeremy talked about it as well. Justin Simmons with another poor game out here, getting lost in space, getting lost in the sauce, um, leaving his assignments, not great tackling. Uh, Justin Simmons had a outside of that Baltimore game has had a pretty bad season overall for the Broncos this year. And, uh, Definitely has been disappointing. The other guy who I thought was disappointing in this game, Kareem Jackson. Um, both your safeties look pretty pretty slow out there. You're going to move on from Kareem next year. Hopefully Justin Simmons regains a little bit. I know he had that serious injury week one, <laughs> even that he might still be dealing with a little bit of that. But um, safeties look both pretty damn poor.
2: Can Ronald Darby move to a safety spot? I mean, he's on a he's on a $13 million cap hit with a $3 million dead cap. So he's not playing on that contract next year. Can you move him around a little bit as a free safety again not somebody i need to come in and, and be a thumper obviously
1: but I don't think it's so. coverage space I don't think so because you put so much on your safeties in the lighter boxes and uh especially if you're playing match quarters uh they they're in charge of that D gap coming downhill uh no doubt about it you have you in the too high safety world we've kind of really left the station of the teams that are built like the 2013 Seahawks, where you have Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, you know which guy's dropping and which guy's coming into the box. You know, like that's, there's no question. Now we kind of have a little bit, the safeties are more homogenous and they're playing the same role. So that way you have, we don't know who's dropping. We don't know who's coming. Mm -hmm. Are they both coming? Are are we playing invert cover too? Uh, So those are all things that uh, I think with Darby's inability to come down and really be a downhill player in the D gap. I don't see that from him. What would uh, you but,
2: offer Darby a, a a pay cut? What would you – I mean, he, like I said, he, he's he got – it's. if you don't keep him, it's going to cost you $3 million. So what would you offer him for next year? Because you're not keeping – he's not making 13. He's not playing on that contract next year, I promise you. What do you offer him?
1: I'm offering him a chance to go play somewhere else, and hopefully somebody kicks you a six-round pick or something for that to move the salary I mean, off. He, that, that you'd have to do the contract first. I probably would
2: So you'd have to get that six round pick. You would have to, to get that six round pick, you would
1: have to, to eat $10 million of his contract that much, Ah, man, maybe, maybe it's a fifth round pick then. Um, but I I don't know right now. I think that I've been pretty impressed with Mathis. Uh, Kwan Williams has been great at, uh, the nickel spot. I think Mathis long-term is probably best in the nickel given his physicality, but, uh, you can never have too many corners, but I'm I'm honestly looking to save the cap space as much as anything because the offense needs as much help as it can get and how much can you save 10 million? That can be Yeah, you you'd very save good. 10,
2: you'd save 10. It's going to cost you 3. He's on 13 with
1: a 3 dead cap. You save 10 by just cutting him. I can get a starting running back and a starting interior offensive lineman for that 10 million next season. But that it
2: costs you 2 to bring him back. That's what I'm saying. So, do you offer him five, and it costs you two million dollars to have Ronald Darby? Is that worth it? For five million, yeah, but I can't imagine yeah. that he'd take that. That's what he's what I said. But, so, so yeah. what do you what are you offering him? Coming off an injury, he's already there. What, what what would you offer him? I mean, five. Hey, here's a. You can take five, or you can you can take your chances. You probably say to take your chances, but I, I I'd have him for five.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, five five point five. I think is because a, you're a you're
2: range. he's costing you three no matter
1: what. Yeah. I'd rather have good players than not have good players. And when he's healthy, he's a good player. And cornerback's a position where depth matters a heck of a lot. Because once you get a guy out there who doesn't belong, the whole defense tanks. And um. I guess to to get him at five, you'd have to offer him two. So
2: <laughs> yeah, so that probably isn't going to happen. Otherwise, if you waive him and sign him for five, he costs you eight because you're the three is guaranteed is is a guaranteed number. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's he's gone. He's 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 going to get cut. A lot of Simmons talking here. Um, Justin Simmons is on a very, very similar deal to Garrett Bowles, where it's about 18 and 10, 18 and nine, where he's got an 18 million cap hit and a 10 or 9 million dead cap hit. So you save 10 on by, if you were just to do a straight cut on him, um, the problem is, is again, trying to move him would, would be his salary. So what would his base, his base be? How much of that would you be willing to eat? Um, let me see his because I I think it's it's eighteen with his base is going to be pretty high because he's already gone through a lot of his bonuses. So his twenty twenty three base salary is fourteen four. Yeah,
1: he probably keeping. You know, if you're him. looking
2: to save money now, you know what it would be worth if you're if you're getting a big pick for him, you know. Hey, here's a first and a second, then you're not worried oh. about the money as much. Yeah, if you're getting a first and second, but I think you're probably more likely
1: talking a two and a three. And then someone dead, yeah. that's only
2: willing to take ch- ch- trade you a two or a three probably isn't going to want to pay $14 million for a safety.
1: Yeah. I think you're probably a year early on the Justin Simmons moving on uh, train. Also big thing with Justin Simmons next season is probably training and working with a new safety next to him. Uh, do you want a complete overhaul of the safety spot next season? I don't think so. So probably keeping Justin Simmons around another year. Let's say the Broncos are two and five entering the trade deadline next year. We're having a conversation. Uh, around then to move that salary off uh, to roll over more cap space and get those picks to probably move on from Russell Wilson if you are two and five. Um, but I think it, we're a year early on that. Simmons is going to have another uh, another season here.
2: And Gandhi comes in. He says, Simmons has excellent contact for a trade. Um, yeah, for the Broncos. But he's got a high salary, which makes him tough to move. So it, 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 that's where it becomes... That becomes a uh, makes him a good trade candidate, but if I have to talk someone into paying him $14 million and send me draft picks, that ain't such a great contract for a trade.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not a great one for a trade. We will... Uh, I think it's probably your offense. It's also one thing that you know, the Broncos ate a bunch of money when they traded Von Miller to get a second and third. I'm guessing you probably are eating some money to make it easier for a team to... Right. They in. They paid $8 million to get a second-round pick.
2: Yep, they traded Which, him for a third, or they paid eight million. However you want to look at it, they 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 they, they paid his salary because they were already out of it. You're not doing that in the off season. No, they did that once they already decided they weren't playoff contenders and were willing to pay for the future. You're not doing that in the
1: off where I'm going to take a cap hit before we even kick a ball. Yep, no. yeah, hundred percent. So I think it's again, it's I think it's a year early uh, on the Justin Simmons trade talk contract, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I guess some. Negatives in the game also. We talked about I want to talk a little bit more positives on the, the off the defensive side of the ball. I thought that uh, Draymond Jones had a really good game. I think he had a sack in this one. Baron and as well getting after it uh pretty well. And Demari Mathis, you know, the reason we can have this conversation about Darby right now is because Demari Mathis has been playing good football and uh Kwan Williams. Um uh, obviously went back and watched the game. Did Demari Mathis stand out to you that much out here? I feel like he's gotten better every game. I know he had that baptism by fire game week five where he had the four pass interferences uh but i think he's been playing pretty darn good football and he brings a physicality downhill he's not always perfect in coverage but the tackling the physical nature i would be perfectly fine if your starting quarterback cornerback trio next season was mathis williams and uh sertan on the obviously the the other side
2: yeah i think i think you're in pretty good shape there i like his swagger uh, one, he's really physical, which I like. We're talking about Mathis here because I've been singing the praises of Williams, praises of Williams and his physical ability on the edge when he basically walks up and is the edge defender. He's got to seal that edge on the backside at times. Uh, I've been singing his praises all year. Great to have him back out there. Uh, and Mathis, again, I, I said the worry about you don't want to get a label as a guy who is easy to throw a pass interference flag on i, I think he has played past that or else we would have seen a pass interference calling on him on that face guard in the end zone that was borderline and he didn't get the call good for him he uh he plays with a little bit of a swagger like a little bit of a hey i was drafted late and i shouldn't have been look at me now which i like you, you gotta be like that as a corner they gotta have real short memories because it's a it's a position where you're gonna get picked on in a passing league um so he's been pretty good this year even if he elevates just a little bit next year i think you're in good shape i i, I do it it's uh it gives you some very good options like cutting ronald darby and saving 10 million dollars on the cap
1: yeah 100 percent. and uh, coming off his best game ever i think probably a big this is going to be a game that's going to drive a lot of conversation uh going forward. we got warren coming in here saying Jerry Judy trade to the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens would probably use about anybody at wide receiver right now. Uh, So Jerry Judy had a great game and he's probably your most dynamic wide receiver out here. Justin Simmons has been really just unfortunately poor this season uh, for the Broncos overall. And Jerry Judy had a coming alive party. There was a lot of talk of the Broncos shopping Jerry Judy at the trade deadline. They didn't find a trade that was worth his value. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about the Broncos and like, what could you even trade for Jerry Judy? Maybe you get a fourth round pick for him because of how little he's done. Well, now he's, you know, this is a game that you can hope on. You can see the traits. And if you go watch the film in this game, he was open more than he was targeted, uh, which is wild to say. Maybe he gets, you know, becomes more of the first read going forward, given how quickly he can get open. But my question is, let's say this Broncos team is still, potentially interested in trading Jerry Judy this off season. Uh, what would it take for you to be even interested? Or is he off the table after this one game outburst uh, sample size?
2: No, he, he's not off the table. I, I think we start a conversation with a second. Um, and then we go from there a, again. He's, is he the guy you want around? I mean, again, I mentioned he's a, he's a little bit of a diva and that's okay. that That's okay. He's young. Um, but is, is he the guy when you're basically, I'm a new coach, I'm starting over. Is, is he somebody I feel like I can upgrade on if I get a second in the fifth, maybe A, a second and I'm picking up the phone and we're having that conversation because again, he is going into his fourth year next year. We've said before, at this point, you're not picking up his fifth year option, which would knock him on the door of $15 million for his fifth year. So do you move him now? Maybe that was one of my first thoughts was it's nice to have options. You know, when they're, when these guys aren't playing, when KJ Hamler isn't playing, I don't have any options with him. Mm-hmm. A good player is, I mean, I know how ridiculous this sounds, but it's, it's good. Not just because it helps your team because it also gives you options. If you need to make a move. Um, and and that was a big game for him. So that was, that was a great day for Jerry Judy and the, and the Denver Broncos. And Northstar came in a little late because you started off early. He's on Facebook and uh, just Luke Wattenberg. What did you think about him? uh north star west he he wasn't ready and it showed um yeah. and then i'm watching and they're just rotating left guards and they're like well maybe i'll just try this guy no he's getting his ass kicked okay let me try this guy no he's getting his butt kicked too it was it's bad um you know it's bad and, and i guess Dalton reisner hasn't been good but he's he was better than what we saw yesterday out of the yeah. three guys that rotated into left guard So you need help at at interior line. I think I've said six. I want six new linemen coming in for the 90, trying out for the team. I want three draft picks and three
1: free agents. Definitely needs an investment in the position, no doubt. Uh, Chris Hernandez coming in, I think, with the stars here. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, sir. God bless you. And uh, coming back to the uh, Jerry G talk, I'm looking for two day two picks for him, uh, given what the wide receiver market is right now and given how much you need playmakers on this offense going into next season. You're going to have to damn well overpay uh, for me to even consider it. Um, so, you know, a two and a three, two twos, three threes and a five. I mean, something like that. Okay. I pick up the phone. I'm listening, but it's going to have, you're going to have to put up a borderline. You're buying that first round or former first round pick price tag with somebody who's number one in the NFL in yards per route run on man coverage this season. Uh, per reception per target. I don't, I don't remember the exact specifics of that, but Jerry Judy has been pretty good here. He's never going to be a guy who makes spectacular catches. And one reason that he has to win this way is because he does tend to struggle in those contested catch situations. Uh, but he's a really good receiver. And given where the market is for wide receiver right now, you're going to have to pay. And also um, the other part of this is that the I think NFL teams are not super, enthralled uh, with this upcoming wide receiver draft class. Uh, I think you can kind of see the right end of the wall. It seems like there's some talking heads that are starting to talk about that. And given what the bears traded for chase Claypool, um, who's <laughs> not, well, yeah, chase Claypool, who is fine, um, but not incredible. They are going to trade what look right now. It looks like the 34th overall pick uh, to the, um, for the, to the Steelers for chase Claypool. I mean, God, you, you, Jerry Judy is better than chase Claypool. Uh, so <laughs> we need something at least like that.
2: Um, I don't know much about Chase Claypool. I was, was, as you were handing that over, I was looking up his, his numbers, but again, Jerry Judy, some of it becomes part of the, the, the immaturity and the attitude, how much is he, we've talked about that. You know, you have mentioned the fact that some people in Dove Valley don't particularly like how he conducts himself online. You see almost, you know, it was borderline. You gave the ref a decision yesterday. The decision went your way. But you could have been tossed out of the game yesterday. So, um, you know, how much of it is also what can you how bad do we want him here? And what could we get for him? You start talking to me about a second round pick. I start listening at that point. So it's not like this is a team leader that is a you know, he might be a big part of the locker room, but that might not be a good thing. Yep. You know, you know, going over to Melvin Gordon and complaining about this, throwing your hat on I me, mean, you know, Jerry Judy storming off the field, ripping off his helmet. He's really mad about, you know, another three and out. I like that fire, but it's not always a positive thing.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And as we start to wrap it up in here, something we talked about, I want to say hello to some people coming in though. Ryan Thompson morning fellows, Marcus country thinks the team needs to find a decent backup behind Russ. Yes, they do. For multiple reasons. A Brett Rippon is a borderline rosterable quarterback. Uh, so you got to move on from him if you can. He seems like a great intelligent guy. Uh, but you know, we're judging the product on the field and the quarterback ability. And he's just, you don't, I don't even love him as a third stringer. Cause I don't think there's much developmental upside, but as your backup, not great. Um, will the Broncos draft a quarterback this cycle? Very possible. Not, I don't think first round pick conversation, but day two, day three, for sure. Also, I think they probably should pay somebody, you know, somebody like a Jacoby Brissett or, somebody with a chance to get up there. You know, the saints have gotten a lot of mileage out of Andy Dalton uh, this season as their backup, I guess, third string quarterback behind Taysom Hill as well. Uh, So it's definitely somebody like that needs to be in the conversation partially um, because of Russ's play style injury starting to add up. He's going to be what 34, 35 years old next year. Also another part is Russell Wilson. Let's say the Broncos are off the rails next season. We're in the same situation we are right now uh, with how this team looks next year. You're almost second overall pick three wins, just bad. Uh, you probably moving on from Russell Wilson. Then with the dead cap hit uh, at, with a 2024 post June 1st designation, salary becomes guaranteed if he's injured. Uh, so you're probably pl- not playing him to make sure that he doesn't get injured. So that way you can move on from him. I know it's a terrible conversation to have, but it's ones that right now are within the realm of possibilities that at least we need to be thinking about.
2: And the difference is the number two pick would actually be yours. Yeah. That would be, <laughs> that's a big difference as ethan we'll get to ethan's comment here after we say good morning to mark schrader come with some stars good morning sir hope you had a great weekend because uh ethan comes in coming in hot hot pink here he says broncos current draft position is number two overall picks in round one and two go to seattle no matter where the broncos finish on the other side the broncos would have the number two pick in the third which is basically where he took nick Benito, like three or four spots there uh fourth and fifth rounds and also currently have a seventh uh pick and the number seven pick in the third from Indy. So just running through the numbers 25, 66, 71, 105, 138, 248. You got five picks in the top one hundred fifty going into next year. I can help. I can get help. I can get a lot of help on my interior lines and maybe an offensive tackle on there. And that from a X's and O's standpoint outside of the quarterback if, you know, we talked about if, if if Russell Wilson is washed, then I've got to have a quarterback. But the positions to me that need the most help are, are your offensive line. That would do the least amount of financial or draft investment that would do the most good would be on in your interior offensive line.
1: 100%. Uh, offensive... I can fix those with the picks I got. At least put a dent in it. Um, yeah, at
2: least I can improve with the picks
1: I've got. <laughs> yes. Yep. One hundred percent. You're also probably tossing in some sort of free agent acquisition on that line as well, which could change things. Again, I'm. I think he's just an average player, but average is awesome at the tackle spot if you can get it. And so I'd bring back Cam Fleming. Uh, other spots here, just talking long term perspe- perspective on the Broncos. You probably are considering wide receiver early because it's not just, you know, Jerry Judy, but he only have one year left on his uh, contract after this year. I don't think they're probably exercising that fifth year option right now. Granted conversations can change after how he played yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, KJ Hamler. It does sound like he won't be back. Uh, we'll see how that plays out here. Um, the other one is Courtland son and Tim Patrick. Both those guys have contracts that are easy to move on from after 2023. Uh, overall, And that's something you probably are considering right now uh, with where this team is at. So that puts you in dire straits at the wide receiver position. Uh, the other spot where you need to have a conversation is probably edge rusher right now. Uh, Randy Gregory's contract is really easy to move on after next season. Uh, we mm-hmm. saw him very little this year, but there was always a two year deal with option years after that. The dead cap head is pretty big uh, if you do move on from him, but it's certainly a possibility if he's going to get paid the way this contract is set up. Uh, and he hasn't been healthy. Nick Benito looks like a rotational edge rusher with a, you know, ace trait, uh, but not a four down or three down player. Uh, so those are expensive spots where the way these, this team has been built right now, you have options to get younger, cheaper, and maybe better uh, moving on from them. So offensive tackle, offensive line, number one, I think edge rusher and uh, wide receiver are up there as well, though.
2: Yeah, and, and Jeremy comes in. I want to look at the numbers, but why wouldn't you bring back Hamler on his rookie deal? Um, he wants out. He's making noise about wanting out, and he's not catching footballs.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's... a. Uh, if I was in charge and you, know, you could have him back, you're probably not going to get very much from him if you do move on from him. Uh, so I think it's better to keep him, but I'm not reporting that he doesn't want to be here. But if he doesn't want to be here, then it's going to be hard to... Keep him around.
2: There's a uh there's a glitch on spot rack right now that has Quinn Bailey with a two point one five billion dollar cap hit. So there's your money. Yeah, man, <laughs> get rid of him. He's 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 taking up half the uh the purchase price. So uh, I was looking up KJ Hamler and his is guaranteed, so you wouldn't get him much so, unless some you can't cut him. If you can trade him for a seventh, even a conditional seventh, or we're going to swap this. Basically, you just need somebody to pick up his salary.
1: Yeah, I somebody will take a shot on him for like a seventh round pick or something, and hope they get healthy. I mean, that's that's something that if I was a contending team and I had a lot of draft picks at the end, it's going to cost you almost nothing. Um, it,
2: it might not even be that. It would be. It would be. I'm going to send you. A, you're going to send me a sixth, and I'm going to send you a seventh and KJ Hamler. But you're going to, you're going to pay a salary. The Malik Reed. It could be a salary cap move also where, you know, you're not getting picks for him; You're just clearing a salary Mm -hmm. because if you cut him, you don't clear a salary because he's on a guaranteed rookie deal. Yep.
1: Yep. So uh, certainly a possibility. Well, Broncos country, it was a loss, uh, but it was a fun loss. And uh, the Broncos showed a lot of heart and fought back. A lot of guys showed out. Hopefully it's going to uh, be better here. We're going to be monitoring the Russell Wilson situation this next week if Russell Wilson is healthy is probably your most winnable game uh the rest of the season with the uh, Arizona Cardinals but uh are the Cardinals coming off a bye week if they have a bye week before the Broncos game that's really ticks me off because it just we can't catch a break we I might mean, know um, the Colts and the
2: um no the the Cardinals play tonight so they're on a short week oh even so no better. complaining no complaining
1: they're on a short week they play in the patriots yeah ooh it's maybe a chance to watch uh, your future Denver Broncos head coach and Jared Mayo. Uh, Who knows? He's a heck of a linebacker for that team for a number of years. And apparently just adored um, in the coaching circles right now, not the D'Amico Ryan level, but he's up there. Um, So keep an eye on him. And uh, yeah, definitely. It's a fun game, fun as much as a loss can be fun and appreciated How this team fought back with a lot of, fun things to talk about. And we're going to be able to continue to talk about it tomorrow even. So uh, make sure you guys are tuning in. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath there, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. So that way, you know, when we go live, you get that bell notification. Like, Hey, building the Broncos, Broncos for breakfast, mile high insiders, whatever huddle up podcast. We're live. Come, come and join and hang out in the chat. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like any final thoughts before we get on out of here?
2: Got to get some work to do. I, uh, I slept in a little bit today, so got, oh, the, got the pods going. I gotta, I gotta get some work done today. So we'll uh, we'll be having some, some press cutups on mile huddle. So you don't have to sit through two hours of them i'll have probably um three or four cuts on the youtube channel here that will be going live in the next hour or so so keep an eye on that another reason to have your notifications going on youtube
1: yeah 100 well guys we appreciate you have a great rest of your day good to see you todd coming in with a smiley face there also our guy kay Leon's in the house too good to see you Kayleon. uh we will see you guys again tomorrow morning bright and early but until then make sure you continue to choose compassion and kindness go broncos